You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, go to the website builtforthestage.com or click the link in the description of this episode and you can work for seven days with your own Broadway fitness coach on an online app. So check it out. No catch, no gimmicks. Builtforthestage.com. If you like Built for the Stage podcast, please rate, subscribe, and leave a comment. It'd be greatly appreciated. All right, please enjoy this conversation. So let's play the pronunciation game of your first name. Yes, it is Um, Maia. Maia. So the J is like a... The R is not there, the I is an E, and the J is a Y or an H. Wow, can you say that a little slower? (laughs) Say that again. The R is not there. The I is an E, and the J is a Y or an H. So you're currently on the Share Show. I am. But you've done a lot of on-screen stuff as well. I have. Last year was predominantly on screen um, with Black Panther and Avengers. And I did the last Avengers. We finished filming in October, Mm. last October. So, yeah. Is Gwyneth Paltrow going to be Rescue? I can't say anything about the movie. So, Man. except that it's going to be good. I just got a second dog, and her name is Pepper Potts. I love that. Because my first dog, his name is Thor. Perfect. Um, and Pepper Potts, we adopted both, but when I found out that Pepper Potts in the comics mm-hmm. turns into rescue, mm-hmm. and then I just saw that there was a leaked photo out there. Well, then you already know the answer. There's a leaked photo of her in front of a green screen, and she has the exact costume on. So I don't know if they're just like, you know, having a good time, having some fun, and wasted a lot of money to make this costume, or if she's actually rescuing them. When does it come out? May something? You got a couple months. I can't wait. When does uh, Captain Marvel come Captain out? Marvel's already out. It's our, oh, I gotta go yeah. right now. Yeah, I gotta go. Captain Marvel's out. Well, let's just, let's talk about that first before we get into the current with, uh, with what's going on at the Share Show, but... Uh, were, would you consider yourself in more of an on-camera actress or was stage pretty much your first love and what you first started doing? Stage is definitely home and I hope to always have one foot on the stage, but I'd like to do more uh, film and TV work as well. So I want the mm-hmm. career to force me to be somewhat bi-coastal. Yeah. But New York is home. New York will always be, theater will always have a presence in my life. Mm-hmm. So. What is it about it? 
uh, there's, I think I saw something about the arts that you couldn't live without it, that you tried to do a normal person job. I did. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, I got the perfect corporate job, and this was right out of college, working at the conference board. And I was a conference administrator, which is a mix of event planning and business administration. And I was going to go back to school for international business. I had the whole like plan mm -hmm. mapped out. Yeah. I got to work at 9 o'clock. I was asleep in my cubicle by 9.30 every day it was terrible i was miserable i was and it actually started to make me physically ill i would pass out on the train on the way to work every morning wow. because i was just i was miserable and i was unhappy and i was difficult to be around and yeah yeah i can't do it okay. i can't do it i got gotcha. you i tried it now so i know it doesn't work <laughs> the the uh the life of an artist is just like ingrained in you, you, you i have to have it i yeah. cannot live without being creative. I cannot live without expressing myself. I, I literally think I would turn into a prune and die. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> you have this, these, she has these beautiful like J-Lo-esque earrings on right now. I have massive hoops on. They're just barely above my shoulders. Let's move your mic to the middle oh, just in uh -huh, case. Uh -huh, just in uh -huh, case. Because uh -huh. I was like, oh, I hope that's not scraping. If you just started kind of getting into uh, film stuff, maybe recently, or more so, the last year was a big year for you, you said. How did you kind of transition into that from the stage? <laughs> That's actually a funny story. So okay. I did Lion King with uh, a woman. Uh, we wrapped in 2012 on Lion King, January 2012, actually. And I was, oh, wow, the story. I was dating this guy who has a twin brother and she was my good friend. And so I hooked her up with his twin brother. And so I broke up with the guy, but she continued to date the twin brother and had been dating him for years. Well, they were up and coming movie directors and they're good friends with Ryan Coogler, who is the director of Black Panther. And Ryan was having problems finding enough women that could fulfill the needs of this particular role, the physicality, the look, um, and he'd had more than one audition. So he, reached out to these twin brothers that he knew and asked if, if they knew dancers that could do this because it, com it came to him to use dancers as opposed to martial artists or athletes or stunt women. So she <laughs> sent me a Facebook message saying, I know this sounds fake, but it's real. Ryan Coogler is looking for yada, 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 yada. She didn't even tell me the name of the project. So uh, she asked me to send her my headshot and resume. She submitted a few of us, uh, several of us actually, to him. And he flew a couple of us down. And we auditioned for him. And he kept two of us, myself and the woman who submitted us. And there it is. And there it is. Wow. Crazy. And I hadn't spoken to this woman in five years. <laughs> there you go. All because you were like, hey, let me hook you up with my, my boyfriend's twin brother. <laughs> Hey, you never know. That's incredible. It's an interesting thing. It's one of those things that goes to show what's for you is for you. Uh, when I found out what this is for, I have a shaved head. That's just my, that I've I had a bald head since I finished Lion King. Um, actually, I shaved it in 2011. Uh, I carry a decent amount of muscle on my body. I always have. When I saw what this was for, I was like, this, this is for me. Like, mm -hmm. I am this woman, like this warrior woman. That's, that's me. This is my job. Mm -hmm. So what's for you is for you, and it'll find you. Very nice. Um, did the Luke Cage series come before or after this? After. Yeah. That happened because... Um, it's on Netflix, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Marvel is uh, 
a family that runs deep. And if you do good work on one project, they are likely to recommend you for other projects. So that's the way that happened. Um, yeah. Are you reoccurring throughout the season or is it? I'm on uh, a couple episodes. I think I'm on three or four episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how can we look out for you? Like what kind of part did you have? Here's the thing. Yeah, t t <laughs> tell us about it. So after Panther, I um, had a little foray into the world of stunts. So you can see me getting my my face slammed into concrete by Luke Cage in one episode, uh, avoiding gunfire in another episode, uh, and fighting with some woman in another episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So making some pretty <laughs> profound cameos then, huh? All right, cool. I'm gonna, uh, what, how many seasons are there of it? Luke Cage did what, two seasons? Are you in the first or the second? Second. Okay, second yeah. season. All right, y'all. Go take a look. See y'all. See that? I say, yeah, yeah, good. You did good. Y'all. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, go take a... It's actually... I, I use it uh, naturally. You should. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great word. <laughs> that way you don't have to gender uh, you guys. That's right. Um, all right, check her out. Season two, Luke Cage. Stunts. Stunts. How did you... Let's, let's go into the physicality. Stunts training for these particular movies and this TV show, like, how was that? Uh, gym training, stunt training, all that kind yeah, of stuff. So Anything you can share? Marvel was my, Black Panther was my first stunt-oriented gig, and because of the needs of the Dormelage, we had to train with the bow staff. So we were in the gym um, on this uh, filming campus, I guess you can call it, uh, for eight hours a day every day. So when we weren't filming, we were in the gym with each other, uh, learning this weapon, learning katas, learning combinations, working with each other, developing choreography that would work on screen, uh, shooting things and then sending it to uh, the appropriate parties that would then, okay, we like this, we don't like this, we're gonna use this on the day, we're not gonna use this on the day. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it, it can get intense, but it was, it's interesting because it's, it's definitely not worse than a 10 out of 12 for theater. Okay. So I was like, okay, this. How about learning the stunts? Like, were you, you had any experience or how was being trained in stunt work? No, I did not have any experience. And I was working with women who did, there were only two of us that had no experience in the stunt world. Um, they were very patient with me and I was very thankful for that because you have to have a lot of power which comes in handy when it comes to stunts but you also have to have a lot of control and that's something that I had to learn which meant a couple times one of the women got hit in the face with my bow staff they were very very patient with me so it's very kind of it, it is very it kind went, of it could have went a whole other way right it went a whole other uh, way. it's one of those things where I'm sure working with women who they knew working with women who had no stunt experience, they, they knew that they were going to have to be a little... Yeah. Might have been bound to happen. Yeah, eventually. and it happened a couple times with them as well, so and them having years in the business, it still happened, so I definitely learned quickly on that front. Yeah. How about how about the gym? How, how have you used that to prepare yourself as an actress on stage, and now you've used it to your advantage by booking these roles in these you know huge movies with Marvel? I love going to the gym. You call I like it gymming, the, I saw. Gymming, it's a verb. Yeah, gymming. It is something to do constantly. <laughs> um, 
yeah, I like the discipline of it. I like going in and taking control of my day and basically beating myself from one day to the next. You know, I'm in competition with myself and I know that it is the one place where I can look in the mirror today at the gym and tomorrow I'll be better than I was the day before. Like, I love that about the gym and I love the immediacy of the results. I can do abs and see a pump, like I love that. Um, so much of what I do, I don't have control over. So much of, I don't have control over whether or not I get this part or um, whether or not I'm called into rehearsal or I can't do this audition or I can't do this gig because of the conflict. So those things that I have control over, I really like to take hold of. That's a nice, that's a great way of looking at it. I've had this kind of conversation with countless people, but the topic of this is something that I 100% can have control over. Yeah. I have a choice. Yep. If I make the choice, and if I make the choice of giving great effort, I can get great results. Correct. If I give average effort, I get average results. Right. No effort. Yeah. The whole, the rent is due every day. It's like, yep. yep. Um, but yeah, I like that about this is something that I, I can say that I have control over. That's cool. That being said, when I have a weekend, I went to New Orleans this past weekend and I ate <laughs> lobster mac and cheese, yeah, corn chowder, and etouffee at the same meal in one sitting. Yeah, no. Yeah. I can see that too. It works in both directions. <laughs> I, t I tell my clients the goal is to win the day more than you lose it. And if we can just yes. keep winning the day more than we lose it, we're okay. I get that. And you have to accept that we will lose sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and maybe on purpose. And right. that's a good thing. And that's you know? all right. That's a good thing. And that's I definitely right. did like a three-a-day yesterday to make up for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll get a little bit more into the training in a second. But for those of you that are like, uh, training's cool, but you know, let's talk more about theater and the arts. I saw listed you were in Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. I was. The music video or what? what? No, what? her... She does a Christmas concert at the Beacon. So I think we had like a two-month run or a six-week run or something like that. Mm. Yeah, uh, I was working with a choreographer I've worked with before, Oda Salid. I love him. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was an interesting experience. Yeah. yeah. I wish you were on like the New Year's Eve ball drop, Mariah Carey. Oh, performance. then I'd have, honey, I'd have details. You'd have a lot I'd of stories. i honey. I saw that. The tea. I watched that, you know, not live, yeah, live, but yeah. obviously on the TV. And I'm like, no, like, and yes. it was on mute at the time because we just had it on like background, whatever. And it's on mute. And then all of a sudden I'm telling everyone like, turn the volume up. Like right now yeah. everyone stop. Something's going on. Yep. Something is happening. All right. I, I digress. Um, <laughs> you, you had said in an interview, I think I saw where there was, it was a heading that Black Panther is a turning point for black women in film. You remember this? I do. Okay. Can you just, for our audience that probably maybe did not see that article, yeah. um, can you just kind of elaborate on that? Um, I think I would love to hear that and just the excitement of, of that is really Absolutely. Great. Black Panther did something that is not often done for black women. It allowed us to be complicated, complex human beings. It allowed us to be intellects. It allowed us to be warriors. It allowed us to be mothers and queens and all the things that we are in our daily lives. We don't get the opportunity to do that often in film. Uh, we are usually hooker number one or um, jolly big girl number two or uh, we don't get the opportunity to be as we are in life, to be real messy, beautiful, vulnerable, strong people. Mm -hmm. 
Black Panther gave us that chance. It, it really allowed us that opportunity. And I think more things are and will follow suit as time goes on. So I'm really excited about that. How were the premieres? I saw you, you were you were at the premiere in LA and mm -hmm. Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Anywhere else? Like how, uh, for the audience, you know, you see people going to these premieres. How ex describe a night going to a premiere of a movie and how exciting or like what goes on um, during uh, the premiere? Okay, so first thing for me is to make sure I give myself enough time to, to do my face and to put my clothes on. I tend to be a bit rushed when it comes to those things. Um, so we, as a group, we took a limo type thing to the red carpet. Um, you go to the red carpet, there are tables with names on them with a list. All of these people have lists where you have to check in and they ask you if you need a talent handler. Now, I didn't know what this was, so I was like, no, I don't need that. And then I had to come right back to the table and be like, actually, I do need that. Um, a talent handler is somebody that is going to basically be your assistants as you walk down the carpet. So they're going to communicate with the cameraman about who you are and escort you from the camera station to uh, film and TV, to the film crews. Uh, yeah, so that happens. You walk the carpet. Uh, they take all the pictures they want, you do the step and repeat, they ask you who you are, then you go to the news crews, um, they ask you whatever it is that they want to ask you, and then you go to the premiere, and you see all of the people that are in the film, and all of the people that you didn't film with that are also in the film, and yeah. Yeah, how exciting is that when you're what? it's the first time you saw it, right, when you go to the premiere? Yes. So how exciting is it to see how the puzzle was pieced together per se because you, you film these things and you're mm -hmm. like all right what's going to be used how did this actually look when they yeah. shot it yeah that was exciting for me but i think more than that what was exciting for me is going to see it at court street in new york city in brooklyn and feeling the general populace feel the movie they it's different when you're watching it with actors it's a house full of actors when you go to premiere you're watching and in, in, uh, industry personnel you're watching it with them it's a different thing. Uh, it's a more technical thing. It's more, it's different than when you go and you sit amongst, quote, the people, uh, people who weren't, who had no hand in the movie, and they're watching it for the first time, and they're ooing and aahing at it, and they're feeling it, and you can, you can feel that. Like, you can feel the rise of the crowd. You can feel them respond to the movie. You can feel them respond to Killmonger versus Panther. Like, you can feel all of that. That, to me, was impactful. Killmonger was Michael B. Jordan, right? He was. Yeah, so I fell in love with him in Friday Night Lights when he yeah. was in that TV show, and then he was just this kid, and now he's this he's been in the game for a minute. He's this man. He's yes, he's a man, honey. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, who knows where it's going to lead to? But he might be in like Creed Seven in twenty years from now. Yeah, I can see it happening. Yeah, you know, It'll be about his kid. Um, I think there are six quote-unquote Rocky movies and mm -hmm. now this is the second Creed movie yeah so I they're just gonna they're gonna milk that cow they're I think gonna, they will yeah I definitely gonna, think they will because it still is working because I saw Creed 2 and was like yep yeah, still got me it was me. good it was good still got me I liked it he um, deserves it though he's a good guy sweet guy cool he's I mean he seems it but you yeah. never know apparently you, know? you never know yeah you never know um so your Instagram, what's your Instagram handle for the it listeners? It is my name, M-A-R-I-J-A underscore A-B-N-E-Y. 
and you say your name one more time for everyone. Maya Abney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys got that? Right. <laughs> so I want to, your Instagram, I, I love your writing mm. uh, of your, your Instagram. Mm-hmm. So has writing always come naturally to you as far as a way to express yourself? Or is this kind of a new thing with, with you know, you discovered as you've been doing these Instagram posts? Definitely. Uh, kind of naturally I used to write poetry when I was a little girl and I'm one when it comes to social media I don't like to say things just for the sake of having something to say so if I'm going to say something it's going to be something that has impacted my life recently it's something that I hope will encourage and empower others it's something that I've struggled with something that uh, I've overcome yeah I'm, I'm just not one to in- influence quote based on nothingness so I like to be of substance. And uh, I went to grad school so uh, at NYU in the performance studies department. So I had to do quite a bit of writing then. And I find that it is the place where I can, writing is the place where I can reconcile academia and performance. It's the anthropology of performance. So I, I kind of dissect everything based on that, even my social experiences. Mm-hmm. And I've being a black woman in this industry is interesting in particular and I like to analyze that and break that apart and study it and yeah. yeah. So in, in one of your posts you, you said um, some days are easier than others but I always show up and that's part of the game. Yeah. How, how do you get yourself to show up when, when you're on top of your game or when you're not like on a consistent basis? What keeps you going? What keeps you on track? I don't give myself a choice. I I wish I had a better answer for you than that, but this is is what I want to do. This is what I love. This is, okay, so for instance, with, with acting, I take classes constantly. I study constantly. I train constantly because there's something that I want to do. There's a goal that I want to accomplish. Now, if I don't accomplish that goal, it's not going to be on me because I'm doing everything within my power to get it done, period. Like, that's all there is to it. Um, So same thing goes with training. If I don't show up to the gym and I am in these costumes on stage half naked and I look a certain way, that's my fault too. It's all on me. So I show up because I have to. Yeah. When did, okay, so let's go with then. When did that start? When did that mentality uh, become ingrained in you? <laughs> I, can, I think I've been that way since I was a little girl. Uh, I graduated from high school two years old, early. Uh, really? I've always been about... So at 16? Yes. I started college at 16. I've always been about, okay, what next? That's a whole other like podcast <laughs> interview right there. You can't just like kind of like slide that in there. And then... You know, I'm about getting things done and <laughs> using my time efficiently. That's just what it is. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you graduated 16. So you just who? Okay. How about this then? Who do you think? So we went for we went for how we went for when. How, how about uh, who? Was there a person maybe that kind of rubbed off in that way? That was like a a figure in your life that you took that from, like. Or is this naturally no, in you? No, it's what I want. I know what I want, and I'm about getting it. Because I'm just going to take it. A lot of people want things, but they, they don't have yeah, this nature. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, okay, tell us. It's, it's A lot of people say they want things. Okay. And they will talk about it, 
and they will know, they know what they need to do or what they can do to possibly get those things, but they're, they're not necessarily willing to put forth the effort to do them. If you want it, make it happen. Like you, you, you have to make, you have to be active in your own destiny. You have to be active in your own future. You can't just sit back and talk about wanting it. That's not actually wanting it. You have everything you need to go after something and get it. Make it happen. I've heard people talk about that you don't, you, I think they say you don't want it, you just like the idea of right. having it. Right, and, and that's yeah. the difference. Yeah, I want a six pack, I have to work for it. My talking about a six pack is not gonna help. My yeah. not eating what I should be to get a six pack, that's not gonna help. No yeah. matter how much I talk about it, that's not going to bring a six pack to my body. Yeah. I want it, go to the gym, you gotta make it happen. What, what routines or habits have you taken on that have helped you make it happen? As far as the gym and nutrition, um, like what practices have you formed? Because we, we both know that in this game of fitness, um, it's really about the routine. It's about being able yeah. to uh, create something that the body just becomes into an ebb and flow that yeah. it's not even a... It's not a second or third or fourth thought. It's always on the forefront, subconsciously, naturally. Yeah. For me, it's about knowing what works for me. And uh, I go about fitness a little bit uh, as interval training. Like where my body is currently, it's difficult to maintain certain things for a, a substantial amount of time. Now, I have a very small allowance window, if you will, when it comes to what my body can look like. And when I go on vacation, I, I allow myself to gain five pounds. Mm -hmm. I have like a two pound window when I'm in New York and I'm working. Um, and I know what my body should look like. So I don't really allow myself to go in one direction or the other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I have to, I recognize where I am and I set the goal and I constantly reassess that and I have to challenge my body, which means that I can't just, I can't do the same thing all the time. Uh, with pull-ups, I have to add more pull-ups to my routine. Like I have to challenge myself constantly. I have to take a new class. I have to take up new skill. I have to, because your body will plateau. Anything will plateau. That's with everything in life. Uh, I have to be okay being uncomfortable. Be okay pushing until I fail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you obviously have the realization, of, speaking of plateauing, that you can't just count on your show to be your physical nope. uh, exercise, quote unquote, for the day. Nope. I hear that so often, like, oh yeah, I can't wait to work with you with Bill for the Stage when I'm done with my show, because right now I have to focus physically on that, or yeah. uh, I don't want to be tired or hurt, but the reality is that your body plateaus when it does the same thing over and over and over and over, and no matter how hard it was in the beginning, and yeah. no matter, even if you're like panting and sweating up there, the body is still in that quote unquote just kind of cruise control. Right. Um, and so you're training the same muscles in the same way, activating at the same time every night. And that's how injury happens. Yeah. 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 Uh, my thing about training outside of the show, I challenge myself enough outside of the show so that when I come in and I do the show, it's nothing. Like I've done so much before I do this show. Doing this show is, is cake. I was just talking to Ben Jeffrey, who plays Pumbaa in The Lion King, about this, about like how. You know, he kind of slid into that habit of that was the physical thing. Yeah, um, and that but, one's that one's hard because of the puppet. Right. Yeah. He he he's got this like fifty pound truck. He's lugging yeah. around up there. But um, yeah, just getting into that mm, kind of delusion of thinking that okay, I'm working and that's good enough. But really, like you just said, if you can go 
one notch up, yeah. then like you're you're solid. You're yeah. set when you're up on that stage. Yeah. People ask about Lion King in particular. I did Lion King in Vegas um, because it is so physically demanding with mm -hmm. the puppets and the costumes and the rake stage, and it's so physically demanding. And they ask, "How was your body during that?" When I was doing Lion King, I was taking ballet class and MMA training in the gym every single day, with the exception I think I was off one day a week. Uh, what I did outside of my show was was so much more difficult than my show, so I was able to maintain my body. Yeah. The only time I injured myself was when I tripped over weight in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, yeah, those things can happen. Um, speaking of all this fitness stuff, you recently just included in Time Out's 10 Hottest cho uh, Chorus Girls on Broadway. Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to ask you your personal thought on what makes someone hot. Okay, so I am very grateful to be included on that list. Mm -hmm. I have problems with that title. One, I don't really, the hottest thing, that's a very weird thing to me. Mm -hmm. Also, chorus girls, that's a very mm -hmm. antiquated term to me. Mm -hmm. um, these, the women on this list, I know these women. I wear Ashley Fitzgerald, she's in the share show as well. She's mm -hmm. a, a mom. Mm -hmm. uh, these women are, they work hard, they're strong, they're intelligent, they're, so to reduce them to just the hottest, oh, it's far beyond that. Anybody who makes it to any Broadway stage, you have accomplished and overcome so much. Just the audition process alone, the years of training it takes to get here, yeah. it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So yeah, these women are beautiful. They're sexy as hell, but it's so much more than that. Mm -hmm. These women, these women are badass women, mm -hmm. period. Yeah, there's plenty of people that I know that are extremely attractive people, but maybe their uh, behaviors as a person is not very attractive. Right. And it's amazing how if you know them long enough, like you might remember them to be extremely attractive if you just kind of met them in passing or whatever, and they might have been a little distasteful, but yeah. whatever, I can forget that. But if you're with them for a good enough time, their physical... Uh, appeal will like slowly it like melts away right you're like it's I true don't, i actually don't think you're attractive anymore even though you are but like you're so foul that right I'm... <laughs> you're physically attractive but there's nothing beyond that okay so i think we're i would say we're turning the corner that i bet you that in a, a year or so here timeout will like evolve that i bet you know what you think i they're actually on the cusp of that? yeah i actually am going to uh hopefully by the time this podcast comes out, I want to get together some of the women on the list and actually write Time Out because it's time now. Mm -hmm. I mean, with the Time's Up movement happening and uh, Black Lives Matter, and like it's time now. This is the time for a social change. You can't, yeah. and I'm actually surprised they haven't changed already, mm. to be honest. Yeah. I know it's a very popular list and uh, very recognizable. Yeah. I, there's, got, there's another way, there's gotta be another way. All right, on your Instagram, also you have a quote that says, today I was reminded failure leads to growth, leads to gains. Can you share a story from your past where maybe you would have considered that you had failed at something, but yet how it helped you in the end grow to who you are right now? Yeah. Um, I remember when I was working in corporate America, and I remember the day that I decided to quit. I walked past one of the buildings on the Upper East Side and they're all glass buildings. And I saw how much weight I've gained and I was like, I cannot, I can't. And for me, for a performer, it's not just, the weight isn't just a signification of like an aesthetic or physical difference. It's how out of shape I had gotten, how far away from what I actually wanted I had gotten. 
So I had to go back to class and I hadn't danced in eight months. I was so out of shape. And when I mean I haven't danced, I hadn't danced. I'd stopped going to the gym because I just didn't have time. I was always at this job. I was sedentary. I was at this cubicle thing all the time, sitting down over a computer. I had to work to get it back. And I remember sitting at the, standing at the bar in Alexander Tresser's ballet class at Steps. And I was in tears because I had gotten so far away from where I was. It was, it was a struggle to get back. But my first audition back uh, was Lion King. And it was one that, it was my, my first gig, my first job. So that let me know quitting what I love to do, I had to because I had to know how much I loved it. Because this is not something that you choose to do because it's hard. This business is hard and it is brutal and you hear no's all the time. I do it because I don't have a choice. I do it because I will literally die if I don't. And I don't think I'm exaggerating. It might sound like I'm being melodramatic. No, no, I think I would die. So yeah, I love it. Uh, overcoming that, let me know how much I love it and let me know that this is in fact what I'm meant to do. This is my purpose. And we will drop the mics with that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you, Maya, so much. Thank for you being so much on for having me. Appreciate it. And that'll do it with Maya Abney. Thanks again to Maya for being on the episode. Wow, I hope that my clients listen to this one. I wish I could make it mandatory for everyone to take a listen to this. A lot of great stuff. Listen again. Maybe you missed some stuff. A lot of knowledge bombs dropped by my ear. Thanks so much. If you guys liked it, once again, rate it, subscribe, leave a comment. And if you want to try a free trial, go to the website, builtforthestage.com, or DM me at builtforthestage. It's me, Roscoe, signing off. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.